Boom. Recording. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Last day of the week. Friday. White Chris is probably very happy that it's Friday. Because, <laughs> you know, happy Fridays and whatnot. <laughs> For me, it's, it's just another day. You know what I mean? Like Brandy said, just another sunny day that passes by. And today, it wasn't really even sunny. This is like day 11 of no sun, so <laughs> I just don't even. Yo, not the random ESPN stat. They say tomorrow the sun is coming. I am ready because I need something to energize me. This week has been exhausting. And I'm ready to just so hit the reset try button. to get my energy up. Yes. Energy, energy. You know, I'm sure some of the topics we talk about will uh you know, spark it. But right now I'm just kinda like Well, let's know. get the intros popping and the pod popping. You know what I'm saying? Uh, introduce yourself. You know what I mean? I'm Dash. Hello. Sure. <laughs> 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 yep, that's me. AKA the real, well, I don't know if I could say that today. Because we talk about the real king could... of R&B? Yeah. 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 The self, There's you, only... could be the, you could be the self-proclaimed. Damn. Oh, there it goes. There's you the dash. I mean? There was the dash. Uh, it's a little late. <laughs> so, th there's only one person that I will allow to be the king of R&B, and we'll get to it, but only one person that I will move out of the way for. Even though that's not what I posted on my Instagram the other day, but there's <laughs> only one. <laughs> there's only one person that is, uh, is that I will allow it so we will get to it but today I won't be the king of R&B I'll just be Dash aka Dashing D alright and I'll be who I usually am that's JD aka He Who Pots so, well that doesn't change <laughs> no yeah. somebody, somebody told me the other day I don't know if he's watching but if you are shout out to my other uh -huh. friend Chris he said you know in a minute you ain't even going to be responding to JD no more. It's just going to be he who pods. I was like, that's yeah. that's an acceptable answer. Our judges will accept that answer. HWP. Yeah, you know I'm saying if somebody just be like, yo, <laughs> yo, HWP, I'm like, oh, what up? What it do? H dubs. You know what yep. I'm saying? <laughs> H dubs. Mm -hmm. Okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah, worst case scenario, I'll switch over to the other device, but hopefully not. Trying to work on our audio for the listeners and viewers, mm -hmm. you know, give you a better experience. But anyway, um, yeah, HWP is wild. Oh, no, what was you said? H-Dub. H-Dub is wild. I don't know if I would use H-Dub. I don't know if I would use that. But yeah, he who pods, that's me. So, uh... Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the king. Let's talk about the king. All um, hail the king. Oh, before we before we get to the king. No, sad news later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Usher. Usher. 
Usher did Club Shay Shay. Yep. Now, I just want to point out the fact that this this interview is very old. And the reason I'm pointing it out is because some of the things that they talked about make it make it apparent that it's very old. I don't have a problem with the fact that the interview was was uh filmed months ago. I don't care oh, about that. Tell them what you do got a problem with. But I do have a problem with the fact that they tried to mislead us and make us think <laughs> that it was new. Like Usher <laughs> Usher's in Vegas preparing for the Super Bowl and he popped and he he sat down with Shannon Sharp. That's not what happened. Right. That's not what happened at all. And that kind of annoyed me because it was just like, but then edit it properly. Uh, it wasn't edited to make to to further that point. So then why even make it seem like like no? It's Usher. No one cares that you interviewed him a few months ago versus two weeks before the Super Bowl. It's right. smart of you to drop the interview two weeks before the Super Bowl. That's for sure. But right. I just didn't get that. And I was just like, that's kind of corny to me. Like, don't. It's marketing. I don't. You're over there talking about something that's about to happen in November. And I'm like. Yeah. It's February. Like, right. What are we What are we doing here? So that was kind of annoying. But outside of that, you know, they'll say I get caught up on the details and that's fine. Outside of that. I mean, I uh, peeped it too. If we're being honest, I mean, I I, saw, I started watching it before you, and I texted you and was like, "You, I could tell this is old." Like, it was. It didn't yeah. take long. I think I was ten or fifteen minutes in, and I was like, "This is not from this month. This is from a couple months ago." You could tell. And some of the pieces could have just been edited so that, yeah, you know, the time references were taken out. And right. it still would have been the same interview. So, other than maybe one question, but yeah. outside of that, they could have just edited it down to actually, you know, look like what they tried to make it look like. So, I don't know. Yeah. Was, and maybe that's just my podcaster brain being like, this is dumb and you could have fixed this. <laughs> and this looks like somebody was being lazy. That was your, that was the production um, side of things. Right. Also, you know, making it seem one way when it's another way is just low hanging fruit. It's like, it's like, it doesn't matter. Off of the heels of the Cat Williams interview. Okay. Now I'm really in my podcast to bring off of the heels of the pod, the Cat Williams interview and the 21 Savage interview. Tech problems. Um, you were saying on the heels of the Cat Williams interview, and I was saying, and the 21 Savage interview, because that also has been released and doing well. Not as well as Cat Williams, but also doing well. Right. Um, but yeah, on on the, on the heels of that, it's just kind of like you had the momentum and Usher is headlining the Super Bowl halftime show, you really didn't need to lie about when you did this interview. It, or not lie, but you really didn't need to try to mislead people in order to get them to watch it. People were probably going to watch it. Maybe not the 40 million people who watched the Cat, Cat Williams interview. All right. But 
50 million. No one no one's going to get 50 million views every single time they post an interview. That's just numbers fluctuate depending on many factors. Right, and the numbers simply just don't look like that. Like that's that what happened was uncommon. It was amazing. Right. But it was uncommon. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. Um I don't know. I that was weird to me, but um like I said, you know, maybe I'm getting too caught up in the details. Uh did I enjoy the interview itself? Um sure, cuz I love Usher. Um I don't care for all of the questions that Shannon Sharp asks people. Some of the questions to me are like nothing questions. I mean, at least and... this time he didn't ask him about random nothingness. Like he didn't ask him about current events like he did with Cat Williams. Yeah, but I also feel like he asked. Sometimes it feels like he's he's fanboying a little bit, and so the questions to me are not. Like I don't think he's a hard hitting journalist that's gonna ask. Okay. That's gonna ask super, you know, uh, investigative questions. But I think sometimes the questions are a little. I don't want to. I feel bad, but I feel like sometimes the questions are a little juvenile, and I don't know. Sometimes. I guess sometimes it's okay because it's like the thing that maybe the fans, as fans, we want, we wanted to know about that person. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I enjoyed more, you know, hearing Usher talk about certain things. Um, I mean, that's those are just that's just my top line. We could get into specifics. But what did you think of the interview? I have the opposite take. I thought Shannon Sharp did much better with some of these questions than some Mm -hmm. other interviews. Uh, he asked him about okay. the transition from child star to adult star. He asked him he about. Said, Hi. Hey, again. <laughs> what a Friday. <clears throat> Long, longest Friday in the history of Fridays. And it just keeps getting longer. (laughs) Now, listen, I tried to use other devices and do other things to enhance the audio for everybody, but it's not working out. I will, over the Mm -hmm. weekend, try to figure some things out. But for now, we're going to have to stick with this. So, sorry. That's how it's going to have to be. Um, I was saying, I have the opposite take. I feel like he asked him better questions than he's asked some other people. Um, I watched Club Shay Shay. I watch Club Shay Shay pretty often at this point, and um, I think that, you know, he asked him about, like, going the transition from being a child star to being an adult star. He asked him about, like, what what was his favorite album. He asked him about confessions. He did. He did. He did. I had to get real close to the camera because he did ask him what his favorite album was. He did ask him what his favorite album was. I just wanted to, I was waiting for that to come up. I thought that would come up later, but it's coming up now. You want to tell the people why you're so excited? What did he say? Because he said 8701, okay? And I have been saying this to you people for years, years. And no one will accept the 
8701 is a phenomenal body of work. Just because all of y'all were in your feelings with uh, with confessions, y'all can't detach yourselves from confessions long enough to realize that 8701 is a supreme album. It is a spectacular Usher album. Chef's Kiss. Like, and the fact that Usher said it himself, vindicated. So sorry, please continue. But, but, but when he asked him right after that, Alright, if you could only do one album, if you can only perform one album for the next year, what album are you going with? That's a he different said, question. He said, confessions, hands down, that, there's no, there's nothing that comes close. That's a different question. When Usher talked about 8701, he talked about it as a body of work. He wasn't talking about performing the album. Very different. And there's a reason why I would think that Usher loves to perform Confessions. It's because all you people think it is his best album. Why wouldn't you want to perform it when everybody loves it? Duh. Okay, but. They'll get me in the comments. They'll talk about how I don't know music and they'll ask why I'm speaking. I speak because this is partly my podcast. But, <laughs> like, half mine. But <laughs> mine, right? Because like uh, this, I don't funny. understand the question. But but no, I have been saying for years, and I never said I don't <laughs> like because because you know no one understands this. No one understands liking something more than something else, and no one understands saying something, giving a negative critique about a piece of something. Everyone thinks that you mean that you hate something else. I don't hate Confessions. I don't think Confessions is a bad album. I don't. I think Confessions is a great album. That is not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is when that man said Body of Work, 8701, and I was like, I've been telling them, Ush. I've been telling them. I've been telling them, my guy, that's why me but nobody you thinks, here. I, I've never met anyone who thinks 8701 is a bad album. Uh, people just feel what? that Confessions is better. It's the fan favorite. It's the fan favorite because all y'all was crying with him. I, it's just... <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes... Relatable content. You gotta confess something. <laughs> Relate Relatable content. It's totally relatable right. and I totally understand why people like it. And again, it is a great album. But whenever I have to have this conversation... People do shit on 8701. I could never okay. have a conversation and say that both of those albums are great. People are always like, no, no. I'm like, have you listened to it to its entirety? Have you really listened to it to try to appreciate it? There's like one song on 8701 where it's like, okay, yeah, sure. We maybe didn't need that. But other than that, And I feel like every album is a loud one, especially back then when the albums were much longer. But yes, I I just felt really good inside, and I just wanted to point it out because to hear it out of his mouth, it made me feel good. It did. And yes, he said he would like to perform Confessions, but if I was an artist and I knew that everybody loved 
this one particular album, I would probably get excited because what I've learned about Usher is that Usher loves to feed off of that excitement, as I'm sure a lot of artists do. Usher yes. loves when the crowd wants to sing along with him. He loves engaging with his audience. So, of course, if if the favorite album of the audience is Confessions, that's probably his favorite one to perform just because he's probably getting the most energy out of the people who are watching the show. But that, you know, whatever. <laughs> Nigga whatever. said, but you know, whatever. I will take any Usher album any any day of the week. I will I will listen to Usher all day and I will listen to all of the albums. I'm not I'm it's not exclusionary over here. It's just that I feel like it doesn't get the respect that it deserves. That's it. Got it. I think we all got it. Okay. You 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 let us have Continue, it. Continue my friend. I did. I didn't even I don't even remember. Um, yeah, he asked him. He asked him better questions than he's asked some other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were better questions. He asked a lot of stuff. Uh, I mean, sure, there's always moments that you're like, "Hey, why'd you ask that? Who cares about that?" Like, no, we didn't need to know. Shannon Sharp saw him singing in the mall as a little kid. <laughs> But you know, and that wasn't even one that kind of annoyed me. But it was. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you sitting next to Usher. What you going? I mean, you gonna have those kind of moments. Like, if Jay Z decide he's gonna come up here and let us ask him questions, I'm definitely gonna have some of those moments. So mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. I'm... Um, it's not wrong. No, it's not wrong. It's just uh. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm an Usher fan. I won't say I'm a stan, but I'm an Usher fan. And I learned stuff from this interview that I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know about the label he has with these humongous executives. And I didn't know underneath that he had a subsidiary company that he's calling independent. That's cute. But anyway, another conversation for another time. People use the word independent so loosely in this era that it's like, just just don't use it. Just don't use it. I understand. When I heard that, I thought to myself, is okay, that's interesting. Uh, How does that work? But well, he also because, said L.A. Because, Reed's okay, name, you're and I was saying, like, how independent can you be with L.A. Reid? <laughs> listen to the two people he said are his <laughs> are the co-owners of the parent label, quote unquote, that he uh, signed himself to. You think you're like it's 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 ridiculous. Like, of course, L.A. Reid and what's his name, Steve. I don't remember. Whatever. They're two monster executives is the point. And these two mm-hmm. monster executives are, have have a label with you. You signed yourself to that label. You think they're not going to do everything in their power to make you have the biggest album possible? Of course they are. It's not independent. Like, come on, son. Stop. It's on some yeah. technicality shit. Like, well, technically, I'm not signed mm-hmm. to that label. I'm signed right. to a subsidiary. Like, all right, uh, come on, son. Like, 
Yeah. The niggas writing the checks with you are going to make sure that you get the big push that your right. album deserves, which is deserving. I'm not knocking that. But let's not just say we're independent mm-hmm. when we got two of the biggest people in music history as your co-owners of the quote-unquote parent label. Whatever. I didn't know he was the part owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I didn't, I didn't know... I didn't know a lot of stuff. So I thought this was really interesting. I, I have the, like I said, I have the complete opposite take. I thought the questions were good. They, you could see Usher getting in his like flashback mode in certain moments. You could see Usher like really sitting and thinking about certain questions. Even when he asked him certain stuff, he's like, bro, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, um, we got to see Usher as, Daddy, and I put quotations because we all know one of his favorite songs to perform is Daddy's Home. Uh, oh, and you know he will be performing that at the Super Bowl. Cause, yeah, you know, of course. Just, of he course. loves that um, I Yeah, be but we got, to see his, we got to see his parental views and we got to see how his mentality that. works as a parent and as a parent who is trying to navigate certain things with his kids. Yeah. Uh, we got to see him be vulnerable. Like you could tell when he said, yo, sometimes they don't want me to come to recitals. And, and like that hurts. I want to be there, but I have to I also know. respect them. And so that was dope. I mean, I never saw any of those things from Usher. So I think, I, I think the opposite. I think Shannon Sharp did a good job. I think he was able to get things out of Usher that we have not seen from other people. Usher was on Angie and Angie is one of the best interviewers of our culture, of our time. And mm-hmm. he didn't say half of that stuff up there. This was lots of new information that we didn't hear even on Angie. So I'm not comparing. This is not apples to apples. Angie yeah. and, and Shannon Sharp are two different type of pe- uh, interviewers, two different types of media moguls. I mean, and I don't even I'm mogul maybe shouldn't even be the word, but I'm only saying interview to interview. It, this was a. Uh, uh, more informative interview if we're going to compare the interviews in that sense. Okay, but see, you're doing what I just said because because I didn't say I didn't say that it was a bad interview. I just said some of the questions. I know, I, I disagree. I don't, I don't think that. I I think that some of the questions were fine and and we got a lot out of him, but Again, I'm talking about part of it, not the whole thing. So I didn't, I didn't never said that it was a bad interview. I don't think it was a bad interview. In fact, I have lots of notes to show that, like, I don't think it's a bad interview. I just, I just think that, I think that Shannon Sharp is, um, his interview style is a little bit different. And I think that's okay. I don't, think there's anything wrong with that um but yeah for me some of the questions were like "Eh, okay what I (laughs) did enjoy though I agree with you that's the number one thing that I have on my list is that I loved hearing him talk about being a dad and um I think that that part of the conversation really humanized him you know when we look at certain people we think we think that they are superhuman right like they're you know they're these entities and these these huge huge superstars um and we forget 
that their parents too. Um, yeah, I think that yeah. it was. I think that it was great to see, to hear him talk about those experiences and how, um, how his kids just see him as dad, which. I think a, a lot of celebrities talk about that where their kids are just like, I, that's, I mean, I guess you're, I know you're famous, but like, what, what's it to me? You know, right. <laughs> like, you know, so, um, I, I, I thought that was really, uh, cool that he was able to speak to that. I also just think that like, you could tell, that Usher is, has been in the game for a long time. You could tell that he's seasoned. You could tell that he's he's um, he's very much deep into his manhood. And by manhood, I just mean uh, as you know, as an adult, as a father, as an artist, as a man. He he just seems so comfortable in himself um, and with his experiences. Um, he talks about being a businessman. He talks about, um, he talks about trying things that he knows may fail, but still trying them and seeing what works. Um, and, um, he also, he also talks about, um, just enjoying himself in this period in his life. I've said this a million times, I'm sure by now, but that's something that he's been talking a lot about since he started his residence, since he did his residency in Vegas, um, since the Super Bowl stuff has come up. Um, he's like, I'm, I'm just, it may, yes, I'm working and you can see that I'm working, but I'm, I'm chilling. Like this is, this is my time to enjoy. Um, what I've done, who I've become. Um, and I think that's pretty cool because, you know, he he looks, I, I think I said to you too, off pod, he looks light. He Like he feels light. Like there's no burden there. There's no yeah. expectation. Um, and he even said he didn't put that on himself either throughout the years. He mm-hmm. he made sure that he stayed grounded and, and that maybe, yes, maybe for many people, confessions was the peak, right? But he was never he was never chasing that peak. He was always just, you know, creating and doing what he loves and, you know, and working. So right. Um, I thought it was great. I thought, I thought there were a lot of great takeaways. I thought there were, I agree with you. I learned things that I did not know. I didn't know the thing about the, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers either. Um, and that happened so long ago. Also, that's not a new thing that happened around, he said around 2005 when LeBron was joining the league. So, um, yeah, I I I thought it was great. I don't want to make it seem like I didn't think it was I didn't think it was good. Um I just, you know, that was just my little note, my little production note that I felt like some of the questions could have been skipped. But um for the most part, I think it was a robust interview. I think they um 
I think he was able to go deep. I also think there is value in Shannon Sharp's style because Shannon Sharp lets people talk. And everybody knows that's the game. If you shut up long enough, people will talk way longer than maybe they thought they would. Um, right. and they'll dive they'll, and they'll divulge way more than maybe they expected to or maybe yep. you expected them to. So right. I think that Shannon Sharp is really good at that. Um I haven't seen all of his interviews and I to be honest I haven't seen too many of them, but but that is something I've noticed in the ones that I have seen. Um he gives people I also think he just he's created a safe space for men specifically. Um, and I think that's clear. I think when they walk into his space, they feel comfortable. They feel relaxed. They're drinking, you know, they're whatever. And they're, it's like, they're able to kind of kick it a little bit more than, you know, going into CBS studios and sitting down with Gil King. It's a very different experience. Like, I'm sure if yes. Jay-Z sat down with Shannon Sharp, it would be very different than him sitting down with Gail King. I agree. We'd probably get a little bit more than, you know, no. the fact that they used to call Blue Blueberry. So, <laughs> which was a cute story. Yeah, don't no, get me wrong. But, interview. Right, right. But, Not a um, love piece. Right. Not a fluff piece. But yeah, so um, I also thought that quote he quoted, he said he was quoting T.I. when he said, if you live for the applause, you'll die by the booze. And I was like, hmm, I get that. I understand that. And yeah. if you want to if you want to sustain your career and, and, and still stay grounded. then that makes a whole lot of sense. And Usher's been doing this 30 years. Yep. Yeah, 30 years. So that's pretty powerful. I was, I, 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 I'm probably going to be moved by anything Usher does. I'll be very honest with you. Cause that's just, you know, I love Usher. I think everyone knows. But. Yeah, I thought it was great. I learned some things I didn't know, so, yeah. It was good. Sweet. Let's move yeah. on. Oh, wait. Before we move on real quick, we can leave it alone. I just wanted to talk about his Mount Rushmore. What did you think of his Mount Rushmore? Do you remember? I it was interesting. I, I didn't... I, what I thought was interesting about it the most was he kept mentioning Donnie Hathaway, and I thought that was really interesting. Donnie Hathaway is not someone you hear people of Usher's caliber mention often. I'm not saying it's a knock. I'm not, I'm not knocking it at all. I just caught me off guard. I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty dope, honestly. So, mm -hmm. but besides that, I, I mean, everybody has their personal feelings, their, their favorites. I didn't think it was, mm -hmm. it was a bad list at all. Okay. Next week we'll we'll talk about our own outrush Morse. Oh, we we will. Yeah, why not? We don't have time today, <laughs> but we can dive into that another day. Okay, got it. But yeah, let's let's keep going. What else we got? 
You want to talk about Gail King's foolishness, her and Oprah? <laughs> sure, let's talk about Gail King. Since I mentioned her a couple times already. Right, that's why I said it. <clears throat> so Gail King... <clears throat> Gail King wanted us to know, because there was no reason for her to say this, as far as I know, and if I'm wrong, well, well, put in the comments. She was interviewed or, or something, no? She was on a podcast, so I don't know what the context of the conversation was. So I don't know that there was no reason for her to say it. But sure, she was but on a podcast she, talking about her dating life. And she made sure to out a man that she was dating. Oh, that's that's what this happened. Is about she made sure... I'm sorry? I said, oh, I see where this is about to go. <laughs> That's what she did. Well, I outed the man last night on Gail, this here podcast. <laughs> she is Gail, mother loving king. Yeah, that she is. She is Gail one King. Of, one of the biggest voices, period, right now. Yep, and Oprah's bestie. And Oprah's which bestie. Has its and own, so, which has its own cachet. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. So, what does that mean? That means anything she says is going to get blasted out. Right. Blasted out to all the networks, all the podcasts, all of the places. And I'm sure I'm sure Miss King knew that when she opened oh. her mouth to tell us the story. And what's the story? The story is she was dating a dude for two months. Yeah. And he asked her, what's the number? $4,000? For $4,000. He asked her to borrow $4,000 to pay child support. And buy furniture. I did not hear that about it, but okay. Yeah, it was... I believe you. I she, just, I did, I've heard this story twice, and that has never come up. But yeah, yeah I believe you. You, the, you. you would know more than me. But whatever. I, I, read, an, I, read, I, read, I read an article before... Uh, this from a credible source, even though at the moment I cannot remember who. Um, it's fine. I believe you. Listen, article I was. believe. Believe black women. You better. <laughs> anyway, so mm -hmm. the man asked, "Can I borrow four thousand dollars?" They were dating for two months. She lent him the money. He paid back when he said he would pay back. He was not late. He paid in full. And she clipped him. What does that mean? She ended their dating situation. She cut him off. She hid in sync and said, bye, bye, bye. She said she, said she couldn't get past it. She, just, it just she said she could not get past the fact that Home Slice borrowed four grand. And then Oprah said, I don't remember. You tell me, what did Oprah <laughs> oh, say? Oh, Oprah said some real rich lady shit. Okay? <laughs> Oprah, said, <laughs> Oprah said, wow. I would have preferred for him to ask for $40,000 than $4,000. Like his little, them little pennies he's asking for. Why he don't got that in the bank? That was what she didn't say all that stuff that came after, but she said the thing about the forty thousand dollars, according to Gail. Um, yeah. Now that's I, why I let, let's let's add some details. Do you want to say your thing first? No, go ahead. 
Let's add some details. So Gail is saying that, you know, this was someone who had a six-figure job. So I guess her expectation was that he could afford child support and he could afford furniture. He could afford the $4,000 he was asking for. Um, So I don't know if maybe she was just taken aback by, I didn't listen to the podcast, but I did read about it. Um, I, I was trying to find it in time for the, for the, for the show because I would have liked to, I, I prefer firsthand accounts. I don't like to read things about it because by the time somebody writes about it, they've already shaped their opinion and they're writing in that perspective. So, right. um, but, but yeah, so that was, that was what she said. She also said that he didn't tell her initially what it was for. And I don't know if this matters to you. Maybe it doesn't. But she didn't. She was the one who said, well, what do you need $4,000 for? And that was when he said child support and furniture. I'm assuming that maybe there was more to that story, but it doesn't seem like she shared details about. She shared more than enough. Well, (laughs) you know, you keep saying that and. I feel a little weird sitting in front of you talking about it because last night I was very candid about Paul and now I'm wondering yeah. were you were you judging me? <laughs> no. I thought your speed dating story was funny. And that was cool. But this was this is very different. One, today you're not Gail King. Not to say you will not have a platform as large as no. Gail King, but today you're not Gail King. That's number one. Number two mm-hmm. Gail had the option of shutting her mouth. She didn't need to tell us all of that. She didn't need to tell us that homeboy borrowed the money for child support and furniture. And we definitely didn't need to know what Oprah said. No. Yeah, yeah, I thought what Oprah said was in poor taste. (laughs) Gail, let's be honest. Gail was trying to squash him like a bug. That's what she was doing. She was outing this dude and and presenting it in a way that, oh, I was in awe. I just couldn't get past it. But but why do we need to know that? Can Here's I tell the you first what I problem. think she was doing? Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, 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 go. I didn't realize you were still talking. I thought that was your, you, you, you got, whenever you get intense, that you, you pause. <laughs> thought that you were taking a break no go ahead go for it i didn't mean to cut you off the first problem was homeboy you're dating Uh a woman for two months you don't ask to borrow a large sum of money it's not wise and it's less maybe you felt comfortable but she's gail mother loving king she's not a random she's not dash she's not jd she reports the news and she reports stories for a living. And that's she correct. She interviews I'm not even people about that. and exposes people's business for a living. And and now this man <laughs> is fighting for his life. No, he isn't. She didn't say his name. I'm kidding. But He's probably somewhere no- embarrassed that the story came out, but no one knows who that man is. <laughs> I don't know about that, but he he should have considered the fact that this person is a famous 
person with a huge platform. Yes. So let's start with accountability. Let's start with keeping it real. We're not just going to blame women. We're going to blame everyone who did something wrong. We got to start with him. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. if I just come up here and women and, and, and this the women and don't say nothing about him, that would be unfair. And it would look like uh-huh. I'm just some woman bashing dude. That's not how I operate. But wrong mm-hmm. is wrong. So it was unwise and, and maybe not wrong, but it was unwise of him to do this from the jump. We all fall on hard times. Sometimes, you know, hey, Dash got the $10 I need. I'm going to ask Dash for the $10. Hopefully she looks out. Now, that was his mistake. But let's give the man a slice of credit because we've all been in hard times before and Mm -hmm. we did not delay. She made sure to let us know, hey, he paid back on time. And so we got to give him a slice of credit for that. He was wrong for you gotta, asking. You got to love a man who keeps his word. But he paid it you back. You got to love now, a man who keeps his word. Paid it back. Should now, he have asked? Probably not. <laughs> he but. probably shouldn't have asked, but he did, and he paid it back on time. What more could you do? Nothing. Now. He must have really been in a bind. And Gail shouldn't have lent him the money if she was going to go and judge him for borrowing the money. If you ain't want it, listen. You got to well, be genuine with your shit. Hold on. You got to be genuine with your shit. If you cool with lending him the money, then be cool with lending him the money. Everybody's not Oprah's best friend. Everyone is not the number one news anchor on the planet. If Everyone is not Gail King. Millionaires. I mean, we've heard Kanye West, who's allegedly a billionaire, say he's broke mad times in the last 10 years. I'm in fact, he's saying that no right now. Adidas is suing him for more than he's worth. And he's worth more than Gail King. So we all have positions that we all get put in positions where we need a little help. If you Uh were going to give this dude the money and be that helping hand, then you can't turn around and judge dude. You got to judge yourself because you (laughs) gave him the money. Here's the problem. Wait. One more oh, thing. There's my, see, you're being dramatic again. One more thing. Uh-huh. I really wish two things. Number one, that Gail didn't tell us what Oprah said. And number two, mm-hmm. that Oprah was shut the up. <laughs> Oprah, shut up. Yeah. I don't know why my name is being mentioned in this film. Yes, you do. I don't I don't understand why. I wish you would have asked for forty thousand dollars. Oprah, shut up. I don't see okay. Oprah's not by a long shot my favorite person. However, I'll not let you do that to Oprah because what happens between the conversation between two friends, two best friends. Is between two best friends, and whatever Oprah and said, said, and I said I'll, 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 I'll be it. No, no, no. But I'll be, I'll be it. Oprah, Oprah saying that publicly, it would have been wild, because because clearly Oprah has the means. Her means are very different from a lot of people. So, sure. but this was a conversation between two girlfriends. Oprah didn't publicly say it. Oprah didn't go on the podcast and say it. 
This is something that she said to Gail in private. And Gail revealed that. And I don't think it's fair to 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 bash Oprah for saying what she said when she said something to her girlfriends in confidence. I don't think that's right because there's a lot of things that we say to our friends that we would that will never ever see the light of day or should never ever see the light of day. That's why we tell people get off the internet and go to your group chat. Because there are things that you will say to your friends and you will say to in private. I always tell my sister, I'm like, I can only say this to you because you are the only person I know who I'll never hear it again from anyone else. But also and also you're not gonna judge me for what I'm about to say. You can't do that with everyone. You should be able to do it with your best friend. You can't do that with everyone. But I don't think it's right. I don't think Oprah has anything to do with this situation. I think it's completely wrong to get mad at Oprah for what she said. It was in poor taste. We know that it was in poor taste. But to get mad at her for saying it, yes. The color purple thing, yes, she should shut up. But for this, she said it to her best friend. and. In private, it should have never come out that Oprah right. said that. I agree with that, but I still wish Oprah would shut the hell up. I don't want to hear <laughs> okay. no more about Oprah. Okay. For the rest, so of, I just for wanna, the rest of 2024, I, <laughs> I don't want to hear no more about Oprah. I've had it up to here with Oprah. Mm-hmm. The year just started. I just wanted to get that out the way. Um, as far as Gail goes and telling the story, I hear She's what found. you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but I also being someone who you know um who built a podcast platform on talking about my dating stuff i i don't know how i sit here and judge her for talking about it publicly um i also don't know what the context of the that's the part that's missing for me and i would like to give her that space if they were asking specifically about her dating life and she told this story now, here's what I think happened, because I read the article I read also said that she spoke broadly about her dating life as as well and how difficult it is because people say things like, oh, she's Oprah's best friend. Oh, she's wealthy. She's on television. She walks around with her fancy clothes and her fancy purse and whatever. And men basically say, how are they supposed to compete with that? I think that maybe the point that she was trying to make, if I could try to piece the, piece the moments together, it's it sounds like she was trying to explain the position she's in when she gets into dating situations. And there are there are people who will say they have fame or they have celebrity or whatever it is, and you know they start to get close to somebody and then they want something from them. And to me, after reading the article, that's kind of what it sounded like. Like, now maybe it wasn't the right story to tell. You know, I think, I think, I think because I don't know if I would have told why the guy needed the money. I think if she wanted to tell the story, I I un, I understand the the impulse to tell the story but I feel like where it where it got a little gray for me was telling why he wanted the money because 
to me, it was something that sounded deeply personal. And, you know, uh-huh. he, it does make him more identifiable, right? Um, maybe not to a lot of people, but, you know, he's somewhere right now thinking, well, what? What is this saying my name? Why is she talking about me? You know, I, so I think, I don't think she was wrong for telling the story. I'm, I'm more, you know, I'm more interested when I, when I saw this story, I was more interested in the fact that, you know, (laughs) I do think you're taking a gamble asking someone you met two months ago or someone you started dating two months ago for $4,000. I don't care how much money you make. I just, $4,000 is not, not pennies. So, you know, um, so I, (laughs) maybe he was in a bind. Maybe he had no one else to go to. I don't know what his situation was. Where I think she went wrong in the situation, since, you know, you wanted to hold everyone accountable. (laughs) I think where she went wrong in the situation was, I don't, okay, what I should say is, I don't agree that she should have never given the money so that she wouldn't, so that she wouldn't uh, have bad feelings towards him. I think that the bad feelings happened on the onset of the conflict. So I think the moment he asked her for money, it was done. I don't think it mattered whether she gave him the money or not. She now looks at him differently because he asked for the money. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter why he needed the money. It doesn't matter whether she gave him the money or not. It doesn't matter whether he paid the money back or not. I think, and I don't know if this is what she was trying to say, but what I gathered from this is that the moment he asked for the money, it was a turn off. And so, Whether she loaned it to him or not, she was never going to continue pursuing things with that man. I don't believe so that. So why she didn't cut it off at that moment? Why she waited well, so he so she got her money back and then told the story on a podcast? Maybe she maybe she should have cut it off at that moment. I'm not saying she shouldn't have. I'm just saying I don't think it I don't think it changes the outcome. I think I think the writing was on the wall from the moment she said from the moment he said I need to borrow some money. I think that's where it went wrong for her because then she started, then she goes on to talk about, you know, how people, how men view her and, and this and that. And I could, if you, if you are someone who walks around either thinking people are intimidated by you or they always want something for from you, it's going to be a turnoff for somebody two months in to ask you for money because you're thinking wow oh it's just another guy who just wants something from me because you know they know that I'm friends with Oprah and they know that I'm wealthy and they know that I'm this and they know that I'm that I think that's where the whole thing went awry um and if it was me I think that well I I don't know what that guy's situation was like outside of what we were told I don't know what his situation was but given that, given what it was, I maybe would have considered giving him the money too. Um, 
because child support is just a serious thing. The furniture, maybe not so much. I don't know what the, what the big deal about the furniture was, but it's such a big thing that if someone was, if you felt someone was in such a crunch that they had to come to you and maybe not someone else that they know, then maybe I would have considered giving him the money. But I do, I, I, I do think that, I, I do think maybe, maybe the issue is, was more that he, he act period. And I don't think he, I, I think it was, I don't think it was a great thing to ask. You know, I think he probably needed to find the money from somewhere else, but. He didn't, so, you know, but, you know, justice for for those who go on a podcast and talk about their dating lives. <laughs> no, there was no need to out that, man. <laughs> okay. I hear you. <clears throat> Agree to disagree. Um, so I was going to, I went to look up this Gail King have kids. She does. Uh, yeah, and something came up from her from Rolling marriage. Stone three hours ago that I feel we should uh. probably uh, announce or discuss briefly. Announce? Okay. Uh, the headline reads, Megan the Stallion lands Warner Music Group agreement, retains masters and publishing rights. Oh, that's great. Good for her. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. It says the rapper will receive distribution and resources from the company while releasing music through her independent entertainment entity, Hot Girl Productions. That's great. Good for her. Yep. Own your stuff. That's important. You know, we're seeing we're seeing a lot more of that today than we used to. So that's great. Own your stuff. If you can do it, do it. Don't let them get yeah. a hold of it and, and, and take it over. And then, and then you, you tell us, well, I mean, tell us what really benefited from this situation. But that's another story for another day. Yes, it is. You, then you end up re-recording your albums and all kinds of things like that. That's true. You know. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to see no, if there's true. any finite details. Okay. It also provides her with the option to expand her access to Warner Music Group to any artist she brings under the umbrella of her own imprint in the future. Okay. So she's able to discover artists and put them on and good for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is dope. This is this is really cool. Um I'm I'm very happy for any artist that's able to do this. And um man, this is a big win. All right, I don't see anything else that really needs to be read there. It's a big win for Meg and I think a big win for women in the industry. And maybe this is a reach, I don't know, but I think a person who's only been in the industry 5 years maybe 6 years, less than a decade is my point. A person who's a fairly new artist to be able to do this, this is a huge deal. This is a yeah, big great. deal, and this is a win, a win. And I think this sets a precedent that hey, a woman can come in, make her mark, 
and move on into ownership in a timely manner. That is a big deal. I love it. Good for her. Yeah, not a long topic, but I saw that and was like, I, I think we have to at least mention that. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think we should save our last topic. We I had a lot of tech issues and a lot of time was wasted. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think we it's probably best that we close it out here. Um, but we do have some sad news to share before we go. Carl mm -hmm. uh, Weathers, yeah. uh, known for many roles, but probably Apollo Creed is one of his biggest ones. Um, He's currently in a Star Wars show, The Mandalorian. Um, I mean, he's done a ton of stuff, but yeah, yes. Um, I mean, he was in the first Predator. I think he was in Star Trek too, but I could be wrong. Y'all could put it in the comments if I'm wrong. He's a he's the voice of of a Toy Story character. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't know that until I read the article about his passing. Um. He was 76. I, I cannot find any details about his passing as of yet, um, but it seems he passed today, which is really weird because, like, on Twitter, he tweeted yesterday. Uh, wow. I checked I checked Twitter because, you know, a lot of times the families will put out an announcement on the platforms, and I didn't see anything, but he was tweeting someone yesterday, and he seemed to be in good spirits from what I saw on, on the Twitter feed. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, you know, sad that we're we're losing another star. Seems like every day yeah. we're losing another star. Um, seventy six. I mean, he wasn't a baby, but you know, would have yeah. been. Uh, it's not exactly ninety nine or a hundred either. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's so. always sad to lose people who have really made a contribution to, you know, pop culture and. The culture, and, right. you know, so, right. um, so yeah, really unfortunate news. Praise yeah. his family. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I think I think that's where we end it. Uh, sorry for all the tech issues, y'all. We tried to give y'all a better experience, and no good deed goes unpunished. So, true. we'll try to figure that out over the weekend, and we'll see y'all on Monday. Have a good weekend, y'all. Bye.